Can you imagine John Coltrane playing in a band such as Mastodon or even something super heavy like Gorgoroth? Well, let me introduce you to this band. They are called Agabas and they come from Norway. And actually they are playing something that they call dead jazz. And actually it's a blending of jazz music and dead metal. So without further ado, I'd introduce you to Agabas in this episode of the Sound Alchemy Podcast. Welcome back everybody to this episode of the Sound Alchemy Podcast. I'm your host Adam Grant and today I got uh, a really interesting band. These guys are playing something that they like to call um, jazz death metal. Is that correct guys? Almost. Uh, we call it death jazz. Okay, perfect. I was close to it. So the name of the band is Agabus. Uh, or <laughs> probably butchered the name uh, because these guys are from Norway, from the land of the Vikings. And, um, well, what can you tell us about yourself, guys? Uh, well, we, um, we're both music students in, in a city called uh, Trondheim. And uh, we pretty much, we've been playing with this band for, uh, I guess, three years now. Yeah. Mm. Three years in total. Uh, we've been playing with uh, Jens, who is our clarinet player, for about one year. Uh, so we've been uh, trying to develop this death jazz style for about one year and actually for those who for those of you who are not familiar with this concept of that jazz imagine something in the likes of uh, how how can i describe it like um something in the likes of the faceless but with a weird mix of uh jungle train if you know what i mean it's a little <laughs> bit kind of weird but, but i think it's close to what it is right guys yeah yeah kind of uh jungle train is definitely a big uh, influence um not sure about the faceless, although uh, I mean I have at least uh, listened to them a lot, but I haven't uh, taken uh, that much direct inspiration from those kind of the death metal bands. But uh, I think maybe our main influences on the metal side would be bands like Kvelertak and uh, perhaps Gojira and uh, Mastodon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, I agree with you guys on that one. Because uh, the reason why I said the faceless is because um, you have some uh, some elements of technical death metal into the, in, in your own style. Uh, at least from from my perspective, it's all up to everybody to to come up with their own uh, with their own description of the sound of the of this dead jazz uh, style. And uh, but actually, I really like it. You are about to release an EP, right? Yeah, we are. Comes out this Wednesday. Great, great. Can you talk about it? Yeah, um, I guess we, um, in the beginning, we had a, a more of a classical, more general metal style to our music. But now, I guess we wanted to showcase more of the death jazz style with this EP. So I think the four songs that are on it represent that style very good. Yeah, I think so, maybe. It's uh, four tracks. First one is a pretty heavy track that starts off with just like a minute and a half of pure blast beats before it goes into a more uh, free-flowing section. Uh, The second song is where we really uh, bring out the clarinet. It has, uh, like the first half of the song is uh, like standard uh, verse, chorus, um, uh, Structure. structure, and then it goes into a long a jamming section which just it, it has like a heavy guitar riff under it and then the the clarinet and the drums are kind of playing off each other on that one 
uh, third song has kind of that same vibe, and uh, the last song, which is called Kulda, has more of a, a more of a pure uh, metal vibe. But we try to we try to draw in some of the the jazzy elements in in uh, all of these tracks, and we also try to bring in some elements of uh, classical modernist music and rock and roll and black metal and just everything we think is sounds awesome we try to we try to bring it in and mm. make a logical mix and actually to tell you the truth it works actually it, it, i know that it sounds crazy yeah. because this whole uh, idea of coming up with this plethora of different styles might be a little bit um how can i say it uh kind of uh, weird to think about but the reality is that i had the chance to listen to to a preview uh, to a preview of the album and i can assure you that it works actually it truly works it's uh, completely no oh, for, for real guys you, you deserve it and actually it, it really works it's uh, i was quite uh, shocked when i first listened to it because i i i watched i saw one of your little um previews on instagram and it was uh, the one that you were showcasing some of the production something that was going on inside of a computer inside mm. of a digital audio workstation and you had some of the music in the background and i was like okay yeah i i i, I get the point i can see i can see why you call it the, the jazz because actually it, it sounds like that jazz uh now this is a this is a really interesting question how on earth did you decide it and how how on earth did you manage to come up with this crazy combination of styles um I guess some of it comes from we were I think well, I guess we're five or six members now, and everyone has their own inspirations and influences. But I guess mainly we we like the heavy genres, but we also like the improvisation and like playfulness of jazz and those genres. So it's just pretty much merging those two into a mix that a lot of people can can like. Not only pure metal fans or pure jazz fans, but uh, Yeah, a solid mix, I guess. Yeah, and as we said, we started off like uh, any any other uh, metal slash rock band, just playing heavy music. Um, but it didn't really take too long before we started figuring out that it's not illegal to try and mix things up a bit. So we just yet. kind of yet. yeah, uh, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> So we just kind of invited our friend uh, Jens to play the clarinet and say, "Hey, do you want to jam with us?" And he said, "Sure." And uh, we we did it on this one song, um, just to kind of try it out, and it really worked. And uh, we played a couple of gigs uh, where he joined us on just just that one song. And uh, you know, after those gigs, we realized that we sound so much better when uh, he's playing with us than when we're just playing. Uh, good old rock and roll. So we figured out we let's just make make it our thing and uh, go for it. Mm. Actually, that that, that that sounds that sounds great. And now, uh, why why? Uh, well, you already said it, but um, I got a question for you guys. How do you manage to play live? Because uh, a clarinet is not the loudest instrument, especially when you get a drum a, dr a drummer bashing the crap out of that drum set live. Yeah, uh, the particular clarinet he has actually has um, it's almost like a DI uh, input, uh, but I think it's a condenser microphone oh. inside of uh, what you call it, not the tube, but you know, um, and then he uh, has uh, uh, a, 
a box that uh, you know converts it to um, uh, converts the sound waves, and uh, he just plugs that box into his clarinet, and he can plug that box into a direct line that goes into the uh, PA, and we have sound. Uh, so we don't have to worry about miking him or anything. Uh, and uh, as far as you know, blending the mix, uh, it's actually it's kind of simpler than you would expect. You just have to uh, high pass uh, high pass it a little bit because there's a lot of low end in the clarinet. Totally. Uh, but if you just EQ it uh, right and put on a little reverb, it sounds great and audible. Great. Yeah, so, sorry about the nerd talk, uh, girls and boys, but sometimes uh, I get into it quite a lot because um, as a live performer, I am always trying to come up with crazy new ideas on how to, to, how to perform in a, in a better way. And I think the best way to, to come up with those ideas is by talking to other musicians and learning from them. Because sometimes, for example, I have never tried to have a, 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 a wind instrument as part of a, a live ensemble, at least on Bardon's side. Now, um, what do you think um, would be the best way to describe the sound of the EP? We're talking about more like in a in a metaphorical way, like trying to trying to go to the uh, emotional aspect of the composition. Mm. Well, I, especially like the first and last song, I think are pretty crushing. I'd say they they. The lyrics speak for themselves, um, but the melodies and everything, I think it it sounds kind of uh, maybe desperate in a good way, sort of. It's kind yeah. of, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it can be explosive, but it can also be kind of, at least the, the calmer parts of it can be, at least try to be somewhat emotional. Mm. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like being hit in the face. But stroked on the back at the same time. <laughs> okay, I'm being hugged at the same time. <laughs> that's my description. Okay, okay. Actually, actually, that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> so now, from a from a songwriter perspective, how does it works? Uh, how 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 do you manage to to, to develop the the any uh, one of, one of your songs? Because for example, I, I'm thinking using the using the classical jazz ensemble as a reference. Um, uh, I'm going to use one of my favorite musicians, which is Miles Davis, of course you know him. And mm. uh, for example, when he was writing uh, Kind of Blue, he used uh, this um, this uh, interesting, at least by the time that he was writing this this, this this album, this new approach to songwriting, which was the, the use of, uh, oh damn it, I forgot the, the term. Uh, his, he was using modes, mod mm. modal compositions. And he came up with some some arrangements and then showed them to the rest of the band, which was comprised of la creme de la creme of, of the yes uh, sphere back in the day. And then they developed the songs using this, um, this modal style of composition. How do you write your music? Uh, I think our approach is more, uh, more of the kind of approach that's regular to most metal bands. We generally... Uh, write riffs and uh, sometimes uh, they come together and become songs really mm. and um, uh, sometimes we'll you know bring a riff to the practice room and try to uh, make it into a song there and sometimes we'll 
one of us will uh, just create an entire song at home. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, like uh, Oscar has brought in a nearly finished structure, and then all of us contribute in our own way. But like, for instance, the the third song, I think it is on no, the, the second song on the EP, "To Smirke." Hmm. I guess we just I I brought in a riff, and then I think we nearly finished the whole song, and we were just in at practice and finished it there and then. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So I guess some of them come easier than others, um, but yeah, it usually usually starts with a riff or uh, maybe a drum part. Yeah. Mm, actually, okay, that's interesting because at the beginning, uh, well, let me put it this way: that explains why uh, the music sounds more like a rock and roll band rather than a jazz jazz-based band. Let me explain why. Uh, the reason why I ask is because. Um, Usually, well, I, I thought at the beginning that since you were so inspired by by jazz musicians, you were more like uh, you de you you developed more as a jazz ensemble rather than a rather than a rock group. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that's the reason why I, I th at the beginning I thought that probably you were more like in one of those uh, free form jazz bands rather than a rock and roll band. But actually, it seems that you are following the traditional tried and true and perfect way to write music which is just coming up with something stupid and then developing and turn it into something great <laughs> yeah that's a good description yeah <laughs> well at least that's the way i look at it because whenever you're writing music um, at least from my perspective uh it's uh, it's more like uh like uh like a gamble of some sorts because sometimes you might be putting yourself at certain risk because probably what you are about to show your bandmates might be a really good idea but if you show it to them in a really premature state that idea might get discarded just because mm -hmm. you were trying to, you, you, you tried to rush it instead of waiting for it to develop properly and then bam it fell flat mm. yeah yeah so probably that's it well you, you get my point <laughs> and yes. a few musicians listening to this to this podcast you might be more than uh, uh, familiar with this sort of, of situation now here here comes the the, the interesting part of this uh, of this interview. Usually every time that I meet meet uh, 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 some new musicians, and this goes all the way back to the days in which I was uh, uh, a music producer. For those of you who don't know, I I am also a music producer, I'm a, and I've been working as as a music director for almost fifteen years now. And every time that I meet uh, uh, some musicians, the first thing that I ask them is this: How could you describe your? Well, you have to you have to choose three of your major influences. You got five seconds to do it, and I already taken three. So go ahead, shoot. John Coltrane. Uh, uh, fuck. Uh, Mastodon, maybe. Uh, I would say Gorgoroth. Okay, okay. You barely survived the trial of fire, but actually, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, guys. Actually, actually, this this is a this is a question that uh, not that many people are able to answer quickly because you are not expecting to to be able to you, you you are never expecting something like this to to show up to you. But actually, that's that's an interesting pick. That's an interesting uh, uh, selection. Uh, for example, you said Gorgoroth. Why? Uh, because I love black metal and. Uh, particularly Gorgoroth, I think they have a sound that's just uh, it's super cold and uh, you know 
it's just hard and cold, but it's also um, it's also refined and uh, it's made in a way that you know it's pleasing to listen to if if you enjoy that kind of music. It's uh, it's not like some other black metal bands who just sound awful because they want to sound awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I think Gorgoroth is one of those uh, bands that's just it's so cold and dark in a really pleasing way. But actually, you, that, that I never thought about describing Gorgoroth as a cold sounding band. But actually, it makes sense because if you, mm -hmm. if you compare them to some someone like Immortal, for example. Immortal doesn't sound cold at all. They are more like uh, an aggressive, uh, uh, a little bit more um, fire-inspired. <laughs> I know that it sounds cheesy and mm. stuff, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a great... Then, then, then the other one, you said uh, Mastodon as well, right? Yeah, Mastodon too. I think they, they blend so much stuff together and it comes out perfectly in their own style. Mm -hmm. They have so many progressive riffs and and passages that just, I don't know how they make them, but they just sound amazing every time. Mm. Uh, yeah. And actually, to be fair, Mastodon has a sound of their own, because um, no other band sounds like Mastodon, at least from my perspective. Mastodon is one of my favorite bands, actually. But uh, mm. the way they perform and the way they write their music, it's so Mastodonish, if, if, you, yeah. if you know what I mean. Uh, uh, we, we have a... <laughs> I don't think you use in uh, English languages that uh, we sometimes we say that the riff is really chewy, like in you know like meat can be chewy. Okay. And it's uh, it's basically uh, like if a riff is really stoner uh, like or doomy, we say that this is a chewy riff. Okay. Yeah, like uh, and Mastodon is really good at making chewy riffs. I think <laughs> that's where they shine. Yeah, because it, they, their music sounds kind of beefy. I think that probably that yeah. could, that could be the, the closest thing to, to to what you said, right? In English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And then you said John Coltrane. Um, I I can imagine that John Coltrane is is an influence to you guys because of the of the way he performed and how he wrote his his saxophone parts and stuff, right? Yeah. It's, uh, it's just uh, his record sound. Really, it's just it's great jazz. That's all I can say about it. Totally, totally. He's one of the greatest ever. And there is a reason yeah. why. So, for those of you girls and boys that are not familiar with the great master John Coltrane, there is something really wrong with your lives. So you mm -hmm. should go out there and get some of his records. All of them are amazing. Love Supreme, first of all, and then you can check out the rest. Exactly. That's a good selection. Uh, so, guys, uh, I think we should. We are coming close to the end. So, uh, can you give us a little bit more information about the band and everything, and where to find them online, and and all sort, all, all of the usuals? Yeah, of course. Uh, the band is called uh, Agabas, uh, and it's written A G A B A S. And you can find us on Facebook, we're on Instagram, Spotify, of course, and any other streaming service you can think of. Uh, the EP is coming out this Wednesday. Uh, it's four tracks, twenty-two minutes, and it's uh, fucking heavy. Uh, <laughs> What else? Yeah. Um, yeah. What else? You can uh, find them yeah, on, on, on happy guys from Norway who like to play music and uh, food around. Yeah. <laughs> you can find them online, of course, on Facebook, Instagram, and do you have any other form of uh, social media presence or a website, guys? 
um, no website yet, but uh, yeah, as you said, all streaming services and uh, SoundCloud. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, Perfect. and then we are in Trondheim physically, uh, for real, if you want to say hello. Yeah, if you're ever in Norway, I guess you can uh, stop by. <laughs> that's great. Oh, yeah, okay, don't worry, don't worry about it because I'm gonna I'm gonna put all of your information uh, on the description link underneath the underneath this podcast. And well, so I think this was a really insightful conversation. Uh, we talk about everything from jazz to to death metal, and it's one of those conversations that you never expect to have because, uh, well, let's be fair, guys. How many bands in the world are playing something called dead jazz? So that's cool. There, there are very few. I, I, I can't imagine that there are that many. And you're breaking new ground, at least from my perspective. And of course, this is the internet, and given the nature of the internet, there is going to be more than three thousand guys that are going to show up to say that mm -hmm. I am super wrong because there are plenty of different examples of jazz and death metal played together. But well, of course, you have uh, the great uh, Shining. They have played uh, what they call black jazz for many years. Mm -hmm. um, which, of course, is uh, there has been some inspiration from from them. Uh, so we're not gonna claim to be the first to do this kind of thing. Uh, so if if someone listening to this think thinks this sounds interesting, they should definitely check out Shining as well. It's a great band and they have a lot of amazing albums. So there you have it, girls and boys. More music for your ears. So. Um... Without further ado, we're going to put an end to this amazing podcast, this great conversation. And as usual, subscribe to this podcast, share it with every single uh, music lover that you know, because the whole point of this uh, podcast is to help you to find new music and, and try to help to develop this uh, community of new musicians. Uh, because I think that we are facing, and I don't know you guys, but I think we are facing uh, the the end of, we're, we're close to the end of the greatest generation of musicians that ever lived, which means that, uh, I don't know for how many years Iron Maiden is going to be around, I don't know how many years we have uh, still left of Metallica performing and all of the great guys, so there has to be a new generation, and this new generation is already uh, being developing. And it's been developing for a while, for a while. So support your local musicians, support your, your, the new bands that you find on the internet, because those guys might uh, are, are the ones who are carrying this uh, the the legacy of rock and roll and metal. So without further ado, uh, and as usual, I will tell you that don't let anybody to tell you what to dream about. I am Adam Grant, and these are this is Agabus with me, and I will see you when I see you. <laughs>